Rosalie here. I am the little helper of the Live Feisty Media Podcasts. The Iron Women Podcast, I think, is one of the best podcasts in the whole entire world. I want to be a professional triathlete when I grow up because it makes us healthy and strong to do lots of triathlon. I also think I might want to be a hairdresser. Just saying. You can help Iron Women grow by using the codes Iron Women when you order from our sponsors. It really helps. Those sponsors are Crave Jerky, F2C Nutrition, Sound Probiotics, Coffee Method, Rudy Project, and Smashfest Queen. Go to ironwomenpodcast.com to find all codes and links. And now, introducing your hosts, Alyssa Kadeski and Haley Chura. Hi, Haley. Welcome back to another week. How are you? Alyssa, I'm doing pretty good. How is Vermont? It's so weird to even hear you say that. I want to be like, who's in Vermont? But I am here and, you know, I'm settling in really nicely. Uh, Ramona and I have our little cottage and there's not a whole lot that goes on, Haley, in a town with a population of 125, I can tell you. So we just are kind of getting our bearings. My mom was actually here last week to help me kind of get settled in and I think she just wanted to make sure I wasn't living too far in the woods and I was safe. And she likes to check that all of the exits are secure so that Ramona cannot escape. So we have that all covered. And, you know, I've spent my days getting my training kind of planned out for here so I can see different parts of the long trail on my training and then watching some wildlife. I've been on the lookout, Haley. So my long run this week took me past a point called Porcupine Lookout. And I was very excited to hopefully see a porcupine and I didn't see one. So I'm still on the lookout for a porcupine, but I did see a fox that crawled into my, I watched him hunt a chipmunk in my backyard yesterday. And then my other exciting parts of my day. So do you know Jesse Diggins, the US Olympic cross country skier? Of course. I um, I watched that race intently and probably rewatched that finish many, many times. It was amazing. That gold medal is it a relay that they, they did Jesse Diggins and Keegan Randall? Yes. Yes. I think so. Yeah. I'm my Nordic skiing background is, is, uh, minimal, but I did watch that and it it was incredible. It was one of the highlights of the Pyeongchang Olympics for me. Yes. So, well, she's here. You're hanging out with her. She's in the same town. They're training (laughs) here. And so I'm following her on Instagram and I swear Haley, we're like crossing paths, but missing each other by a couple hours at our location. So I just have to stay the course and I'm like pretty confident that I can run into her and maybe she'll want to come on Iron Women. I don't know. How long are you in Vermont? I'm in this town for another three weeks. So I feel like my odds are pretty good. Yeah, no, definitely. Let's get her on the podcast. That, she, she seems like she'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, the stars have to align eventually and that's just be a cool person to know. So cool. Well, I thought of you, Alyssa, this weekend though, because I actually went to a film festival that we had here in Bozeman. And the cool thing about this film festival was 
the all of the films were either directed by or starring a female lead. So it was just a cool thing. And I didn't, I wasn't able to make it to all of them. They had like four days of movies uh, all over town, but I went to like one session and I got to see two films. And the first one was called Kim swims. And it was about a marathon swimmer, Kim chambers from New Zealand. And it was insane. It was incredible. And then the second movie was called seven Emirates in 24 hours. And it was about a team that actually rode from Abu Dhabi to Dubai, but they, their route was like through all seven of the United Arab Emirates and they did it in under 24 hours. And the woman who led that was from Ireland. And so these were these incredible kind of like long distance epic adventures and it was so cool and I had so much respect and the whole time all I could think of was, oh man, Alyssa's going to do something like this. Like it's one of these just giant, huge goals. So I think it's pretty cool. I hope you have someone with a GoPro out there, uh, you know, so maybe next time at the Bozeman Film Festival, they'll have like Alyssa's run. <laughs> Hopefully we come up with a little bit of a catchier title than Alyssa's run, but I'm all for this, Haley. I think I think we can be on this project for sure. Alyssa and Ramona's big adventure. <laughs> no, it was a very cool film festival. And it, I applaud Bozeman for bringing something like that here because and I wish I could have gone to more of the you know shows. Just it's cool that those kind of things exist and that there are like an you know, 60 movies that they can bring because <laughs> there were so many. It was pretty cool. No, that's really cool. Thanks for letting me know about that. And Haley, one thing that I have noticed as the like seasons are shifting. So I'm, I, since I came North, I'm getting to like kind of have another shift of spring to summer seasons. And I'm finding, you know, what's funny. I'm shifting my F2C nutrition flavors. So I'm going to more summer flavors, I think. And so I'm using the Pharma Pure protein powder and I've switched to vanilla because I really like vanilla with the warmer weather. And so what are you finding that you're doing nutrition wise with the weather? Like, do you see, cause now that Bozeman's probably getting warm, right? Yes. We had some warmer times last week, then it chilled off or cooled off a bit, but I think it's going to get warm again. I really love the hydrodurans. That is probably my go-to just because it's that light electrolyte drink that you can have whenever. So I find that if I you know, have that even on short workouts, you know, just as a kind of in place of regular water, I actually drink more. And that's really good because the weather is, as it warms up, it's really dry here. So it's actually crazy. I have a lot more problems with dehydration in Bozeman than I ever did living in Georgia, just because it's so dry. So as far as flavors go, I have been doing mango, but I put in an order for some lemon lime because I think lemon lime is going to be my favorite. Usually I am more with the citrus flavors, so I'll have to report back. Um, I think it was out of stock for a while, but it's in stock now. So if anyone else has tried it already, let me know, but I'm, I'm very excited to try lemon lime. I guess that goes with your summer theory. Yeah. I'm a, I've been mango in and out though. I think I'm literally addicted to the mango flavor for the hydrodurant. So that I like the raspberry too, but mango is still definitely my number one. But Haley, you know where I think people would have been begging for some hydrodurance this last weekend? Where? I'm guessing you're going to tell me a race. <laughs> yes, Ironman Boulder. Did you pay attention at all to what was going on there? 
Of course. How could I not? We talked to Katie Blakemore Evans last week and she had a fantastic race. She uh, finished second, which was incredible. And Kirsty John, who was just in Ironman Brazil with me and two weeks later wins Ironman Boulder. I thought my recovery was going well, <laughs> but I was not quite on an Ironman start line this past weekend, but Kirsty was first, Katie was second. And then Dee Dee Griesbauer, who we also talked to earlier this year was third. And Alyssa, did you catch that? I think Katie led out of the water and Didi was second in the Stanford swimming Ironman Boulder showdown. So very close. They were very close together though. So it was, it was a great race. And clearly there has to be something with coming on the podcast because for our Iron Women alumni guests or yeah, alumni guests, they across the pond, I guess you could say Teresa Adam also had a amazing race with her second Ironman as a pro and she won in cans. It was amazing. I was cheering for yes, her from the get-go. the big was, pond. I, yes. was, <laughs> I was like, wait, that's the big pond, the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> oh, wait, they don't, we only call the Atlantic a pond? I think a, the Pacific qualifies as an ocean at all times. <laughs> it's ginormous. No, I mean, Teresa's race there was incredible. And for, I mean, we knew. We knew when we talked to her back in January, no, wait, after, when was March? March after yeah. uh, Ironman New Zealand when she came second. And we knew... She, we were like, ah, big things are coming for you. Cause she was like, why do you want me on here? And we're like, we're just getting in early. So then she goes out there, has this fantastic race in cans, wins a championship race, you know, has this, I mean, it's incredible. Rini, Marina Carfrey, three-time world champion comes in second. Like, and it was only her second ever Ironman. So I think, yeah, our 2018 alumni are doing pretty darn good. I know. And Haley, we give someone else a chance to like boost their, race abilities by coming on today. So we have <laughs> Angela Nath on today. And Angela actually did race in Boulder. She was sixth this past weekend. Um, so we talked to her a little bit about that. But Angela has been racing as a pro for quite a while, but hasn't always, you know, like the past few years, Haley, she's kind of been up and down a little bit, right? Yes. I mean, if anyone's followed Angela's career, it's it's a wild one. I think in the early part of her career, she was focused mostly on 70.3s. She was had a lot of second places. I remember like certain years where she was just like every single race seemed like Angela Nath got second. And then all of a sudden she breaks through at Boulder 70.3. And I don't even remember the year, but probably like 2011, 2012-ish and wins. And after that just doesn't seem to stop winning. And I think she won, she's won like 17 70.3s. It's a crazy number. And then, you know, decided to take on the Ironman distance again, struggled at first. I think t that crazy cold race in Tahoe was her first ever Ironman. And, you know, she did well, but not like the dominating kind of results she'd had 70.3s. But then in 2015 breaks through with this win at the Ironman North American championships in Texas. And, so we're like, wow, here comes Angela. Like she's figured out the Ironman. Now she's going to take over Ironman and start winning all the time. And, and she'll talk a little bit on the podcast about the challenges she's had since that race in 2015 and the injuries. And ultimately now she's been dealing with Lyme disease, which is super fascinating. And she will tell us all about her struggles with Lyme and kind of what she's doing to get back to her best. We are grateful to be supported by Crave Jerky, Coffee Message, F2C Nutrition, Sound Probiotics, Rudy Project, and Smash Fest Queen. 
Hi, Angela. Welcome to Iron Women, or I guess I should say welcome back because you have been on one of our earliest episodes of the show. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. And so tell our listeners, so we have a ton to talk to you about today, but we would love to start with the most recent part of your life, which is that you raced Ironman Boulder. So congratulations on that. And based on Instagram, it looks like this was kind of a surprise race, not only, you know, for, I guess for you, really, it was kind of a last minute decision to jump in and test your fitness and see kind of where you were at. So tell us more kind of about that decision first. Yeah. Um, well about six weeks ago I was, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And so I was pretty much, um, debilitated. I guess you could say I couldn't even walk down the stairs. It was really bad. And, um, after that diagnosis, we kind of started on antibiotics and I've been in Boulder for about a month and started training a month ago. And, you know, it's such a great community and it's a great race that I thought, well, you know, the worst case that could happen is I just, I'm not able to do something. So why not see where I'm at in the swim and the bike? Cause I, because I have been able to swim and bike for the last month and running, I haven't run more than three miles, um, in real time for a long, long time. And so the idea of just jumping in was kind of an afterthought, but we thought, okay, let's do it. So I did. And I had a great swim, a great bike. And the run, the goal was just to run to my boyfriend, which he was going to be up the road about three miles because that's how much I've run. <laughs> and I've run three miles at 10 minute pace. So I got to him and he's like, you look terrible. And I was like, I know. <laughs> um, exactly but, what everyone wants to hear right then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was in, I was in second place still, or first place actually at that point. Oh, no, no, no. I was in second. And he said, well, let's just go until you hit fourth place and see where you're at. I said, okay. So then he kind of caught me again on the trail, um, at like mile six. And I said, you know, I feel fine. I, you know, if I can just keep going and you just tell me when to stop. And I was still in fourth place at that point. I mean, third place. I can't remember. (laughs) So then I just kind of kept going. And by the time I got to 18 or 19, I was in fifth, fifth place. I just got passed. And I was just determined to finish at that point. You know, there were so many people supporting. It's an amazing course. There's there's a huge community here, obviously. And it was just kind of a really good feeling for me because having having this infection and being able to be on my feet for that long was was huge. You know, since the diagnosis, it's kind of like from my knees to my navel, I have no function. About three weeks ago, I tried to run and it was like my mind didn't know where my feet were in space. And like every time I would land my feet, I felt like my legs were going to collapse and there's like extreme pain in my hips. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. I thought I was going nuts. And so I was just really happy that I crossed that finish line. <laughs> so Angela, I'm trying to like fathom this, but how are you feeling? We're recording this a couple days after the race. How are you feeling having run a marathon on three miles of run training? Well, that's, I know I, I wasn't <laughs> shocked myself. So after the race, I could not walk. Basically, I was so sore. But then yesterday, what we did is we went on the Ultra G as soon as possible and, and just jogged at 20% body weight. And at first it was a pretty sore. And like every time I got out of bed, I was like holding onto the walls and, and everything I could. But then after that Ultra G, G time, I mean, things just started to flush. And like this morning I was walking, I'm like, hmm, I can kind of walk down the stairs a bit. So 
the actual marathon itself, I walked every aid station and the running in between was like 10 minute miles. So I think overall, just because of the fit, the fitness I've had over the years as an athlete, um, it just kind of carried me through. And so I didn't have a lot of muscle damage because of that. It's just, um, I can't explain it any otherwise. Like I'm, I'm very grateful right now of how I feel. <laughs> Do you think that maybe the fact that it was a race, like on the surface of the sun, basically with the heat that day kind of helped because it slowed everyone down a little bit and it allowed you to kind of just be a little bit more patient and kind of manage the heat along with that and not have to worry about trying to find that top end speed that you haven't had time to, to train for. Yeah. Like if I even pressed a little bit faster, I would not be able to do it. I would just be in pain. Like I kind of have this limit of 10 minute miles. Like, um, I've tried to run at nine. I've tried to run at eight and it's just so painful in my hips, in my hips and my quads. So that kind of limited me for one. And then also because I walked every aid station, I put tons of ice on me every single time. And then on the trail itself, it's pavement. And, but on the side of the trail is dirt. And so every time there was dirt, I ran on the dirt because I'm just not used to the pavement at all. And I think that was really, really helpful. And my shoes, I have to say, I have the best shoe sponsor ever. Um, <laughs> Can you I, plug your sponsor? Go ahead. Let's see. Popo shoes. And quite honestly, they were a brand new pair of shoes and they just felt great. So, I mean, that was helpful. Sometimes you should do new things on race day. But yep. so Angela, I kind of, before we get into the Lyme disease discussion, I kind of want to taste, take a very quick snap or look at the last couple of years of your racing because in 2015, you won the Ironman North American championship in Texas and had this fantastic race, kind of your breakthrough at the Ironman distance. You've been super successful at 70.3s leading up to that, almost always on the podium, many, many wins. And so you had this breakthrough in the Ironman distance. And then we see kind of a string of I don't know if you could call it bad luck or just injury after injury. I don't think you were able to finish in Kona in 2015 in Arizona, 2016. You also you know, came off the bike first and didn't finish. And now you're dealing with Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. How are you able to do this? And can I, can you make sure my, my timeline there is correct? Yeah, your timeline's correct, but it was the same injury. It was never a new injury. I got misdiagnosed about 10 days prior to Kona in 2015. I felt a pop in my, in my foot. And I was running down a leaky drive and I got an MRI the very next day because I was scared and it came back clear. And so we didn't run until the race day and and hope for the best. I just, my foot was blown up by the end of that bike. So I just couldn't run. So after that race, I went to four different doctors and they all just said, it's just a torn tendon. It'll heal. It's fine. And they couldn't find anything on MRIs or anything. And so I was in a boot. I was in a, I don't know how long. And things just weren't getting better. So finally, my manager actually said, you need to go see a doctor in California. So I flew there and we did a special CT scan and it showed a broken bone um, that was at the at the base of my ankle, basically. And it just got misdiagnosed. And so then I had to go non-weight bearing for about three months. It didn't heal very well. Um, I managed to get into orthotics and it showed it was healed. So I started to run and I was running really well. And I was leading up to Ironman Arizona and I was running from the swim to the bike on Ironman Arizona. And I got up to 18 miles of running. I was fine. But I ran from the swim to the bike and I felt a pop again. And it was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) So I rode because I thought, well, maybe I stepped on something. But it was so painful. And I got off the bike and I tried to run 
half mile and I just knew it was broken. So my boyfriend at the time was there and I stopped because I just couldn't run. And I'm like, it's broken. It like, it has to be broken because it's the same feeling. So we went to the doctor, we got x-rays, came back clear, everyone, and so they just thought, again, it was just inflammation. And But then he said, you know, you should go see my friend. He's an ultramarathoner, he's a triathlete, he's a podiatrist, a surgeon, and he really knows this stuff. So we went to him, and sure enough, it was the same break. It just didn't heal properly. I was able to run enough because I was in orthotics that kind of helped support it. So it was still like 25% not healed. And so the swim to the bike was just enough unevenness that I was not used to that it just popped like that. So then he said, you know, the only way it's really going to heal up is if you have a plate and four screws put in. So I did that the very next day. And that takes a long, long time to heal. Um, I would go see him every week and get this like bone stimulation, like a pounding on the bone. And um, at one point we had to re-break the bone because things just weren't healing. And so finally it healed. And last fall, I was able to do three halves in seven weeks and it was just a great buildup. But my last race in brain is when I started having this muscle pain, which was really, really odd. And from there until about May, when I got diagnosed, I had three MRIs on my hips because I thought I broke my femur. Like it was just crazy because of the pain. And, um, I just couldn't, but like, I just couldn't walk downstairs at one point and it just, I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. So. Can you talk a little bit about like, aside from the specific injuries and, you know, logistics of that themselves, but like the mental side of that and how you kind of worked through a couple seasons of, you know, I imagine that that misdiagnosis and not really knowing what's wrong is really hard to get through. Cause you know, like as a professional athlete, you know, your body so yeah. well, and you know what things feel like. And I imagine it can drive you a little bit, you know, crazy when you go to a doctor and tell them how you're feeling and they run the test and they say, Oh, but you're fine. You know, like everything's normal. It's just, oh, yeah. you're, you know, I'm sure you heard, you need to rest or maybe you're training too much and things like that. I think people are, are quick to tell you. So what was kind of, how did you get through that time and how did you manage to stay positive and, you know, without kind of that everyday training in your life? Well, for the, for the first instance, for my foot, um, I was going through divorce at the same time. So I was really just a, a complete mess. <laughs> um, and, um, I just, I just tried to do what I could at that, at that time. Once kind of that was over and done with a little bit, I was able to kind of get my bearings around and just having the support network with me. But the biggest one was the Lyme disease um, and not, not really knowing what was going on. And, you know, I thought I was going crazy. I would go to these doctors and get a clear MRI, clear MRI. I've been to PTs and they, and even like everyone I worked with just thought it was a mental thing, you know, like because I had the, injury in the foot. I was afraid of other injuries. And I work with a sports psychologist almost every week with Red Bull. His name's Craig. And we talk, we talk every week and he's the one that kind of really helps support me and change my mindset a lot. But it came to a point back in April, I just, I knew something was wrong. And, and I just kind of realized you have to be your own 
your own advocate. I went to a, a specialist in Boston at Children's Hospital and I went through the gamut with testing and she said, you're healthy and it's just a virus. You need to take time off. And that was in, that was in early April. And it was just after my last 70.3 and I could not walk after that race. Um, and she said, it's a virus. So just take two weeks off. So I took two weeks off, came back to her and she's like, you know, you're going to have to take a year off because like things just got worse. And I was like, that's just not an answer I can handle, you know? And like, at that point, you just have to realize that doctors are not the ones that, that know everything. Like there's so many different doctors and you have to keep moving forward. Like it's, it's just kind of like a training for a race. Like you have to find answers. And, you know, I kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And I finally found the doctor that did my foot. Actually, I was talking to him because we just became really, really good friends. And I said, there's something seriously wrong. Like I don't sleep. I like, um, my legs are burning. Like, like, it's just, it, this is not, this is not right. And he said, you know, I think you might have Lyme. And I was like, Oh, like, I didn't even know what that was. And he, so he actually connected me with a Lyme specialist, uh, which is a friend of his. And I went in there and he said, I'm 90% sure you have Lyme, but we're going to do all these tests to check. And obviously they came back positive, but it, it wasn't until I connected with someone who knew about the sport, who knew me personally, that I wasn't like going crazy. <laughs> so it was just a matter of being like really understanding inside that you know something is wrong and you have to listen to yourself. So Angela, how do you go from a Lyme diagnosis to six weeks later finishing an Ironman? Yes, not your strongest Ironman of all time, but that's still a fairly quick progression. Yeah, you know, I like, like even through my foot surgeries and stuff, I can hold hold on and maintain fitness quite well. I just need a few weeks, especially in the swim and the bike. I, I'm not sure why. I just I just can. Um, I'm definitely not up to par, but I but I I was able to get in some solid training in the last three weeks. The running, honestly, I don't know where that came from, and I I have to allude it to the fact that I just went into each mile just kind of open to opportunity. Like I believe the mind and the body can do amazing things. And that's what I proved to myself over the weekend. Cause I was not expecting that. And I think when you have these, these thought process, like you have to get to the finish line, it kind of puts a limit to yourself because if you feel crappy or, you know, something goes wrong, it, it changes the whole day. Whereas when I went into that race, my goal was just, let's see how the swim goes. Let's see how the bike goes. Oh, okay, okay, I ran a mile. Let's see if I can do another mile. And um, I think I think from years of training, because I've been doing this for almost a decade, you know, you, you kind of have it in you. And, you know, maybe not up to the speed that I should be at, <laughs> but, but it's there. And so I, I, um, I obviously relied on that. But it was very much a mental thing where I was just in the moment. And I was very happy to pull out at any point in time. And I think that mindset really got me through it at the same time. And so let's talk about kind of Lyme disease awareness then kind of on a bigger picture. So if you go to your website or the I Race Like a Girl website, there's, there's definitely now, you know, a focus on Lyme disease awareness. And can you talk a little bit about things that you've learned and things that you think our listeners should know about this? Like, where did you even, you know, do you even recall the moment that you were bitten by a tick and you got this? Like, you know, start um, yeah. from that. Yeah. So basically Lyme disease comes from ticks. Um, and they're, they're, they're all over the country and the world basically, but there is a big amount of them over on the East coast. And I've spent a lot of time over the East coast. And I remember in November getting sick. I just felt kind of 
like I had the flu and I had lymph nodes underneath my armpits that were the size of golf balls. And that's just not normal, but, um, it went away and I felt better. Um, but I believe that's when I got bit and a lot, about 50% of the people don't remember being bit. They don't see anything. They don't get the rash. They don't get anything. And that's what happened to me. And the biggest thing is if you have these weird symptoms that are very, like it can come in all different ways. And it's, especially if you have actually Lyme infection, which is a bacteria, and then you can also have co-infection. So these ticks can carry up to like 10, 10 different type of infections. So that's why when you go to a doctor and you say you have Lyme or you think you have Lyme, they don't really believe you because it comes in so many different ways. You could have headaches. You could not be sleeping. You could be depressed. You could have bone pain. You could have muscle pain. You could have just general fatigue, like weakness. And what happened to me was over time, it just got worse and worse and worse to a point where I re- honestly relied on caffeine so much that it just was ridiculous. And I just was so tired all the time, pushing through. My body ached. Like, I like I just thought I was getting old. Like I'm like, well, I am getting old, but maybe this is the reason. But it came to a point where I was losing my mind. Like, I was so depressed. I, like, even bought a light, you know, those special lights to make sure you get, like, good lighting for, for, for like, if you're in the winter months. And the biggest thing I learned is like, you can test for Lyme going to a standard doctor, but the standards are not, are not well. They're like 30 to 50% false. And they only test at a certain time. And these bacteria infections, they go through cycles in your body. So they can regress into your body. And when you do the blood test, it may not show up. So you really need to go to a Lyme specialist, like, especially if you have these weird symptoms that are not acting up, you're always sick, you're tired, like just I would really recommend going to a Lyme specialist, and there's t- and there's tons of them. If you go to LymeDisease.org, you can get a whole list of, of a bunch of doctors all over the country. And what they do is they have there's two places you can get tested where you actually get tested for the DNA of these of these bacteria, and it's not covered by medical. It's it's a huge controversy because. Well, I actually, I don't really know why, but it's a huge epidemic and it's, and it's very, very sad. So I paid like $650 for this test and it came back positive plus the two co-infections and the two co-infections are the ones that are really bad for nerve and muscle pain. And that's, that's basically what's been my issues. But when I went to the first specialist and I got the Lyme test, it came back negative. And and that's why she said, well, it's just a virus. And so what I've learned over this whole experience is you have to be your own advocate. Like don't always take one doctor's advice, go to, go to two, go to three. Um, the internet can be an enemy, but it can also be your best friend in the sense that like, you know, I started to read all about Lyme. Like I know pretty much everything I can. And you hear the horror stories, you read the horror stories, but you kind of have to reflect back and like, like, kind of be a scientist on yourself like okay these are my symptoms this is what I have and and this is what I've been told and here's my options to kind of figure things out and I just won't give up until I find an answer because it just did not make sense so that so the key point here is if you have something that's going on and your doctor is just kind of pushing it away or you don't really know I would I would look into Lyme and just look, look into the symptoms because, um, again, 50% of the people do not recall being bit. And that's crazy to me. Like, I I had no idea this could be on my radar. Like, no idea. And it is the most debilitating thing I've been through. And, you know, I hit rock bottom. Like, I honestly could not get out of bed. Walking downstairs, I was holding rails. My legs were burning. My I thought I broke my hip twice, like, for first the left side, then the right. And I got, like 
x-rays, MRIs, went to four different sports doctors. Like it was just crazy. And all it was was a bacterial infection, which it's not all it is because it's going to take me a long time to get rid of. But, you know, it's something that can be fixed. And Angel, what is the treatment for Lyme? What is it like? And what is your, you know, your daily life like right now? Yeah, like right beside me, I have about six bottles of pills. <laughs> so I'm on, right now I'm on three different antibiotics. I've been on one for a month and the other two for about two weeks. The The latter two are the ones for the co-infection. So the biggest thing about Lyme is you want to get rid of the main Lyme infection first. So that's why we started that. And that's why it's been taking me a long time to get my body back. Um, and I'm not able to run against gravity basically, like, please, that's when it's hard. So I'm on those and I talked with my doctor last week, actually, and he said, roughly, you're going to be on them for about four to six months is is the minimum, which is a long time on antibiotics. And then I'm also on uh, a toxin kind of taker, like I take this drink and like any toxins that are inside me, because once you start killing this bacteria, they create toxins, which can create really, really bad symptoms. So you have to get rid of those toxins. And so... I have that. I also have a thing called uh, nystatin, which kind of helps with like any yeast infections. Because um, if you're on back, like antibiotics, you can have a lot of issues. Um, I, I and I take like tons of different types of vitamins and natural products just to kind of help detox. My my whole diet has kind of somewhat changed. Um, I still take sugars in for training because I have to. But other than that, I'm really quite strict now. I don't take any type of gluten because that's supposed to be really helpful to get rid of because the bacteria feed off of that kind of stuff. So I eat a lot of eggs and avocados and vegetables. And um, I mean, it's great, but you like it's been hard the last month because I, I used to eat a lot more grains. So I really have to focus on my training nutrition to make sure I sustain myself and recovery drinks. Like that's where I get the main carbohydrates from. But other than that, I'm pretty focused on, on eating really, really clean. And so what's next? I think, you know, your performance in Boulder shows that you're definitely getting back to form here. So what are you thinking for the rest of the season? You know, well, yesterday I would have said, I, I can't do another race for a long, long time, but I surprisingly, I, I woke up this morning and I walked down the stairs and I was like, Oh, this isn't too bad. Like I couldn't run right now. I've been going to the alter G and, and that's been amazing. So my boyfriend's my coach. And so we really work well together and we work one-on-one. So luckily as a pro, you can sign up for a number of races and be on start list. And then you get a, um, an email like two or three weeks prior, are you going to do this race? And I've just been so grateful for that. So if you were to look on start list or entry list, I'm on a lot of them. <laughs> um, just because I don't know what's going to happen each day. Like, like even my training, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I, um, I kind of wake up. I, um, if my boyfriend's here, I talk to him. If I, if he's not, I call him and, and we kind of just go day by day by day. And, um, so from that point, I'm, I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to race as soon as I can. I'd like to do another Ironman as soon as possible. So there's a, there, there's a few up, up to grabs. It's just a matter of seeing how I recover this week, but, um, I'm definitely up to racing. <laughs> I love it. Too Ange- much. Yeah. Angela, is there an end to Lyme or is this something that you're going to be dealing with for a long, long time? That was my biggest question. So when I went to the doctor, I'm like, I'm like, okay, so what's my prognosis here? What's going to happen? And he's like, 
he, he couldn't give me an answer, but he did say you will recover because we've caught it pretty early. Like I've only had it since November. Whereas a lot of chronic people that have had this, like sometimes they go on with these symptoms, like they get headaches or muscle pains for eight, eight or nine years. And that's when the infection is pretty, pretty deep in your system. And you have to go on antibiotics for maybe even up to two years. Um, but he is pretty confident that it will, it will I'll be fully recovered. It's just a matter of the process may take a couple months. And he said, as long as I'm making slow progression, that's a really positive aspect because that means we're actually killing the bacteria and the bacteria goes in, in, in like a four weeks cycle. So every time it goes through a cycle, you can kill some off and then you have to continue. So he feels confident that I'll recover. I just don't know a timeline. Um, but from where I was at six weeks ago to now, um, I'm very, very confident that things are going extremely well. <laughs> so. And Angela, one of your other side projects, I guess, that you have going on is the I Race Like a Girl community. So can you give our listeners an overview about that and what your role is there? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I, um, so when I started this sport, I would do a lot of homestays and I just met so many people in the community and I was, I was going through divorce at the time and I just, I felt kind of lost. I want, I, um, I love the sport. I love the people, but I was lost a little bit myself. And I kind of recalled back to these homestays and, and the people I met in the community and the racing and, and I just felt like that's something I wanted to help help support. I wanted to connect with people in a way where I could help support them because I've been in the sport for so long and actually be inspired by them as well. And so this idea of I Race Like a Girl came on where I wanted to make a virtual community where we could connect people from all over the country and the world now where we have these private groups, these, these apps, and like someone from Florida could go up to Boston and race and, and have a homestay with a teammate. And it kind of just floors from there. So we started two years ago, and now I think we're at 130 members global. We have people in Canada, Australia, Europe, um, in Dubai. It's, pre it's, it's pretty fun. And I I do challenges every month. So we have a lot of great sponsors and supporters that have supported me over the last couple years that provide us some, some free product and stuff. And so we do internal challenges where, um, so for example, this month, the goal is to finish, um, an Olympic or a half Ironman or an, or an Ironman distance within a week. So you can accumulate your workouts. And then once they do that, then they get an entry into a draw. Um, so it's just small little challenges to kind of help inspire them. Um, the month prior, we had a swim challenge, swim 25,000 yards in a month. You know, like a lot of these women are beginners and some are veterans. And we have we have ongoing discussions all the time that we help each other. I'm accessible to to a lot of them. I coach a number of of athletes on the team and we do events. So I've been based in Boston for a little bit and we did a um, a a girls get gritty event. So, and it was, it was really inspiring for me because I went there and we had about 50 women come both on the team and not, it was, it, it was free invite. And we just went over how to change a tire, how to clean your bike, how to look at things. And it was, it was, it was, it was opening. It was, it was eye opening to me because it's such simple things that I've known for so long, but people that are coming into the sport, they, they don't, they don't know this stuff. And, um, being able to collect as, as a group of women, it's just been great. You know, a lot of the times, and obviously I'm a female and I, I want, I want us to be world 
domination is what I, I say, but no, but I just, it's just a really awesome way to connect with others in the sport. And I want to help inspire as many as I can. And, and having the accessibility of the team is just, is just one way I can do that. So is the team women only, and is there like an age range? Um, we have an under 18 development team where we have about three gals on there, but the range of, of ages go from pretty much 18 to, we have a gal on the team that's 71. So it's just, it's just all ages. Yeah. And is this, I mean, are you running this by yourself or do you have a team of people who help you? Cause I'm trying to imagine, you know, training for Ironman, fighting Lyme and creating a computer app by yourself. And that seems quite daunting, but maybe you can do it. <laughs> well, I, well, I, well, I didn't create the app. I use apps <laughs> oh, Okay. and I got help with the website to get it developed, but I, I paid, a. Uh, a costly fee there. But yeah, I started it all for me. Um, and actually just recently I have a friend that's on the team. Um, she wanted to really, really help out. And so she helps with my social media. Um, and I compensate her obviously for that. But other than that, yeah, it, it, it's me and I, you know, I swim, bike, run, train, but I, my passion is this. So I, I just, that's just what I do. I love it. And it takes time. Definitely. Um, I don't think it's taken away from me. It's like when I just, like I needed something else in my life and it's inspired me so much more to go and do training and, and, and just to see how average age groupers that are doing the sport, they have a full-time job, they have kids, they have, they have all this stuff. And it just, it, it makes me realize like how important time is. And so I've just been able to balance stuff and it's, and, and it's helped me focus more on workouts because it's, it's, it's allowed me to diversify a little bit. So if anything, it's been, it's been really, really helpful. Well, Angela, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, we look forward to watching you progress through the season and we hope that the Lyme disease continues to dissipate here because it seems like you're on track just to get stronger and stronger. And we want to see, uh, we'll be cheering for you what the rest of the season holds for you. Great. Thank you very much. If any of our listeners want to follow Angela on social media, she is at Angela Nath, that is N-A-E-T-H on Instagram, no spaces, no underscore. You can probably find her. She posts lots of great pictures. And then at I race, I race like a girl is um, her I race like a girl team. And I believe they're also at I race like a girl.com. So great, um, great interview from Angela. Lots of great information. Yeah. And Haley, I have to admit that I thought I had hit to stop record and I didn't actually, but the silver lining of that is we got this funny story from Angela after we thought we had stopped recording. So we're actually going to play that for our listeners next. And we did get permission from Angela to post this, correct? Yes, 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 yes. So have a listen. This is a good one. So like I was having this massive pain in my in my butt. And I seriously thought I broke my hip and I went through MRIs and stuff. And I was like, what am I taking that could be causing pain? Like, like I don't take any, I don't take any vitamins. I don't really do like much. And then it dawned on me. And because my old coach said, sometimes if you take hormones, it'll break bones. Like that was just my, that was my connection. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's totally it. (laughs) So I pulled out my own IUD because I seriously, yeah, and 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 it was fine, but I but I was so desperate. I'm like, I don't. It's, yeah, no, it's it's the only. How did that hurt? Like, 
like oh it didn't actually um so like i pulled it and like it just feels like a pinch it's it's really simple actually <laughs> but anyways it it was the only thing that was on that was like like a fake thing I was putting in my body. And I'm like, that, that has to be it. <laughs> so I pulled it out and I, I woke up my boyfriend. I'm like, Tim, I just pulled out my ID. He's like, what? <laughs> yep, yep, that's it. That's what's causing these, 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 these crazy issues. And he's like, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, Haley. So we wanted to come back and make sure our listeners do not to please, please, please do not try that at home. Yeah, that's um, probably best left for the medical profession, <laughs> whatever you feel about doctors. But um, Alyssa, do you have any fun plans for the rest of the week? Well, so Haley, I've been catching a lot of swimming actually on TV lately. I know like the Tears Santa Clara races were on this past weekend, and I swear I saw something else that was on today but maybe it was just like the college something is on I don't know but lots of swimming I've been watching I I think of you every time oh yes it is swim season for sure and did you get the big news that came out of the swimming world this past week I saw the headline but I'll let you share with our listeners uh I'm super super pumped Katie Ledecky um signed a contract with tear and I'm, this is not just a plug for my own sponsor, but mostly it is a plug for women everywhere because if anyone saw the headlines, it is reported to be the biggest contract ever in swimming, and that's for men or women. And Katie is, you know, an incredible, I think she's a five-time gold medalist. She breaks a world record almost every time she swims. And it's really cool to have the number one paid athlete in a sport be a female. So I do, I do think it's a cool thing. So rad. Congratulations, Katie, from Iron Women. You know, maybe one day she'll listen, right, Haley? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I want to see what her swim split would be in Kona. What do you think? I mean, like 43? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like can't even, I can't even wrap my head around what it could be, you know? But I think if she had that as her goal and she worked like, I don't know, she's one of those people... I just feel like she's constantly surprising us with what she can do. And it's just so fun to watch. Be like, remember when we thought Andy Potts and Josh Amberger were fast? (laughs) No, it's great. It's awesome. So congratulations, Katie and Alyssa. Enjoy your time in Vermont. Thanks, Haley. Talk to you next week. biking you're really moving your feet and it's fun because you can actually steer where you're going when you want to whereas in swimming and running you might have to plan ahead because in both of those things either in swimming you can run out of breath or in running you could trip and fall the iron woman podcast is produced by live feisty media our awesome hosts are Alyssa gadeski and Haley chura Our editor is Erin Hamilton. Our social media queen is Danielle Adino. And our producer is my mom, Sarah Gross. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Leave us a review on iTunes. And have a great week of swimming, biking, and running. Bye for now. (laughs) 